<laughs> Hello, welcome to I Love Rock and Roll. I'm Ken Krantz. And and I am Chip Chantry. What um what what happened there, Chip? Uh, I'm just I'm really sad, Ken. Oh, I see. I, I mean I have I have four cats and they're all named Vangelis. It's been it's been a rough year for me. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to do this episode, Ken. <laughs> Chip, why don't why, we're, we'll we'll introduce our guests in a moment? But w- why don't you okay. tell everybody why what's got you so sad? This this is a sad episode, right? This is a very sad episode. Everybody is dead except for us. And uh, t- uh, today on I Love Rock and Roll, we are uh, we are uh, eulogizing those in the music industry that we have lost in 2022. And it, and a special in memoriam episode. Right. But this will, um, assuming more musicians die next year, maybe we'll, this will be like our annual end of year. Yes. Yeah. I think it's a nice way to commemorate. Yeah. I think so. Um, mm-hmm. With us today, we have, we, we thought this was such uh, an important, sensitive topic that, that we yes. got. Not just one, but two fantastic guests. Returning guests, fan favorites, if you will. And both certified in, in grief therapy, which I think is really important. Yes. Both uh, both are grief counselors in their off time. <laughs> um, welcome to the show star of Clerks 3, Brian O'Halloran. What's up? <laughs> I like how uh, with one push of the keyboard, Brian has uh, done has has. Oh, that's you. I thought that was Brian. That's so funny. No, it is me. Oh, it is. It's Brian. Brian. Oh, OK. Yeah. I was going to say that he he's already invested more than we ever have into this. That's right. It's because I'm a fucking professional, unlike you fucking right. actors. This is your side hustle. <laughs> That's right, folks. You're listening to their side hustle. <laughs> I love rock and roll, my side hustle. Um, I'll have you know, Brian, that I have two other podcasts that also get very few listeners. So, All right. Well, at least this you're- is, I'm, I'm guessing this is probably like your most successful. Probably, yeah. Oh, yeah. Jesus, that's depressing. Isn't it? I know. I, I, by the way, I if you scroll down right past uh, uh, Christine McVie, there's uh, uh, my career is listed in 2022. <laughs> so it's been a sad, sad year. Um, joining Brian, we have with us uh, your former roommate, hilarious yes. Philadelphia comedian, Pat House. Hello. Hello. What's up, Pat? Not too much. It's good to be back. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for coming on to go over this list of uh, dead people. Yeah, anytime. We should do this monthly. <laughs> <laughs> it'd, make, it'd make the end of the year show that much shorter. It would. We could just get right down to business. Who died over the holiday? Nobody? Okay, we're good. Yeah. Thank you for listening. <laughs> See you on the 31st. That's how you should end every episode of this show next year. Just, yeah. you know, just like how the sports always ends a local TV news broadcast. By the way, so and so died of cream. Or who? Oh, 
Guess which rapper was shot today? Yeah. Yeah. And we just have to dig deep. It's like, oh, uh, the bass player in my uncle's cover band. Uh, just <laughs> he's, He has the flu. Uh, he's not doing well. Yeah. Uh, the kid who played the flute in my high school marching band. Yeah. Um, I don't even know if flutes are in marching band. They are. They are. They are. Okay. Um, there Should was, we get down to our dirty business, our sad, sad business? Yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of names on this list that um, some I never heard of, mm-hmm. but maybe the listeners have. Um, we lost uh, we lost the great Burke Shelley mm-hmm. uh, in in January. He he didn't make it too long into twenty twenty two. Has anybody ever heard of Burke Shelley? Um, yeah, I think well, he was first best. Of all, just just so that the listeners know, uh, we've uh, we're using the list that's been compiled by Louder by Louder Magazine. Just so you know, I don't want people emailing us. Oh, what about so and so? Just like after every Oscar or uh, you know Tony Awards where they do the in memoriam, and literally within seconds, someone's like, "Oh, you forgot the cinematographer who shot Raiders," or some some guy is going to be out there complaining about the list, no matter who we forget for some reason, because someone of some third cover band of a band died. Yeah, so. Just so you know, if you have an issue, bring it up with Louder. Go to Louder. Yes, and this is going chronologically of the death deaths this year, correct? Yeah. yeah. So okay, <clears throat> because I I read another list that was listed by most hilarious deaths, which I thought was inappropriate, but <laughs> that was that was Mad Magazine's annual list. <laughs> yes, it was actually <laughs> it was annual weird. fold. That was the fold, the in memorial fold in in the back. Or four pages just on meatloaf and jokes about meatloaf. (laughs) Oh, man. Meatloaf was, uh, remember, like, he was like, he gave that interview. He was like, I, COVID's a hoax and I don't care. And if it kills me, I'm I'm going back to hugging people. And And wasn't meatloaf the same exact weekend as Betty White and uh, Louie Anderson? They were all within like 48 hours or something. I think so. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Meatloaf was the same day as Louie Anderson. I said it was uh, God took out meatloaf and then he took out the only dude that could play him in the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Really covering the evidence there, like really trying to clean it up so nobody can remember the life of the loaf. I just I'm shocked because when I read it in the New York Post that uh, the, the the following day, I, I thought they totally dropped the ball with what the title could have been of the article, which was uh, I would do anything for love, but I won't get faxed. So <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> we may have a title of the episode already. There, there it is. There it is. I, has my vote. Um. Yeah, Meatloaf was one of those uh, like staunch anti-vaxxers. We, we you can actually so we're not going to spend so some of these uh, some of these artists we've already covered uh, upon their death. So you can actually um, when you're done listening to this, you can you can check out uh, you can check out our refer Meatloaf to those episode. Dips. Yeah, 
There was a there was a meatloaf episode. Irene Cara, Olivia Newton John. Um, yeah. Um, so the um, great Taylor Hawkins, who who yeah, we, oh who Taylor Hawkins covered, episode with Pat House, yes, who yep, we covered yep. with Pat. That feels like would you would you say that um that Taylor was was the biggest one? Well, yeah. I mean, they had two gigantic memorial concerts for him. So where Queen and, and so many greats came out to uh, just play music with the Foo Fighters. So uh, that would have been the biggest one, I would have said. I would I would agree, not just as a Foo Fighters fan, but just because of the uh, cultural, not impact that had. But like you said, there were I mean, it was London and Los Angeles. So two continents got in on it. And I mean, they really put together some insane lineups for both of them. Whereas, you know, meatloaf, would he get a beef and beer or something? Yeah. Don't, don't poo poo Latin America. That's where he died, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's true. Where were they? Columbia. And that happened. Something like that. Yes. Weird. So, Columbia. Taylor, that's Taylor where he died. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Go right to the source. Um, <clears throat> You know, Taylor Hawkins, obviously big deal, but none of you guys are going to argue that the death of C.W. McCall wasn't a bigger deal. <laughs> I mean, he that's did. Right, he did ducky. convoy. I mean, that's right. Rubber ducky. Yeah. Yep. Wait, convoy was that uh, that was the song about the, the truck. Yeah. Like the CB radio trucker trucker guy. Cause he passed away this year, convoy, too. Blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. That song uh, led me to think that um, CB radio was going to be a much bigger deal than it actually ever became. Mm -hmm. It did, though. During the whole uh, Smokey and the Bandit reign of movies, I remember a few parents of a few friends and parents of friends of mine who had CB radios didn't drive a truck. Didn't go out hunting in the wild where you would need one. Nope. Just general New Yorkers with a CB radio, not a ham radio where you could listen to things far across the globe. Just a dude in Queens where you're like, that's right. You've got a <laughs> can garbage man, Sam, over and out. It's just like, why? When I was about four years old, we my dad threw the family in the station wagon and we drove up from philadelphia up to maine on vacation and he put a cb radio in the car and i remember being like four years old thinking we are the height of technology right now we are living in the future and i couldn't have been more correct why did your dad want that and first of all i can also see that you can see <laughs> pat knows my dad pretty well he yes you can 100 percent see my father paul chantry putting in a cb radio he uh i think it was like just to like communicate and like i think maybe like watch out for cops and speed traps and just maybe like <laughs> this is before google maps so maybe like uh to avoid construction or you know traffic wow i, I, have, I have no idea I've, i have no idea but we See, had one in the car he was the ways before ways he, he he was yes he uh and we we got there and back so i can't i i, I can't say that it didn't work uh, were you in the back seat uh, doing the old uh, air horn motion as you passed them? Yes. Yeah, that's I, we, we actually did that. Uh, when we were driving up to Maine when you my brother and I were probably in middle school middle that my dad would want to like wake up at one in the morning and just drive because it's like, you know, 10, 12 hours. So it was probably about four in the morning. We were going 
some toll booth and my brother and I, without telling my parents, put on we brought bandanas as like blindfolds and put our hands behind our backs. (laughs) And then as we drove through the toll booth, uh, that's that's what they saw. (laughs) Yes. Somehow we were not uh, my dad. My father was not arrested. That's wouldn't it be funny if you didn't have the CB and you just got lost and you were still lost? Like you've just been driving around for 40 years <laughs> for 40 years. Yeah, it's we're just into your mom somehow. yelling at your dad. Like I told you, you should have gotten a CB radio. You fucking idiot. That's a I mean, that's a like a comedy adventure TV show, like like an Incredible Hulk, but like with an entire family that just travels from town to town trying to find Bar Harbor, Maine. <laughs> and then like solving mysteries along the way, but just never solving the mystery of where the hell is Maine. Uh, you're like, so, so, uh, so in conclusion, rest in peace, CW McCall. Yeah, you can see, we, we've put a lot of preparation into this one. Yeah. As you can all see. <laughs> um, the first guy that I mentioned, I don't even think any of us knew. Um, uh, well, he was part of the um, Black Sabbath. It said here. Um, no, he he was. He he was uh, the base. He was the front man for the Welsh rock trio Budgie, who were contemporaries of Black Sabbath. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, when I pass away, they'll say, you know, Ken Krantz was a comedy was a comedian who stood on the same stage at one time with Brian O'Halloran. Right. You guys are contemporaries. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For that part of it, sure. Yeah. I mean, he's my AOL email address contemporary. <laughs> Those who don't know, he was sending me this information of this list, and he's like, do you have an email address? And I sent him my AOL email address, and he was like, oh, this clerk's three money. Don't you think you'd have a Gmail address by now? And I wrote back, sure, I do, but that's for my Hollywood friends. (laughs) (laughs) You're on my central jersey list where I know when this email pops up, I go, oh, fuck, what what favor am I doing now? <laughs> and if it gets hacked, it doesn't matter because it's just all the central Jersey connections that they've hacked into. You know right. what sucks is I, I sent that snarky text like, well, with your clerk's three money, you should be able to afford Gmail. And I sent that pretty confident that like there was no comeback to that. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, there's no way I'm getting zinged in return. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so um, if you want to get on the Central Jersey connection, that's right. There's an AOL fucking address email in your future. My God, I would hate to see who's on your hotmail list. <laughs> like that's just if we're at the AOL tier. Yeah. I bought uh, uh, I bought some gag gifts for some relatives and the contact info said at Outlook. I haven't even <laughs> heard of Outlook, I swear to God, in since what, 98? No, no. I thought so, Outlook is just for people like with real jobs, don't they? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. like in- inter-office email. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. memo from the from HR. Service at Outlook.com. Yeah. <laughs> so then just uh, two days after we lost the great Burke Shelley, uh, we lost Ronnie Spector. 
in 2022. That, that, that's a big one. That, that is that a big was, one. That right? was a big one back then too. Yeah. She was, um, we, we never did, uh, we never did like a full, like a proper episode on Ronnie Spector, which we should, but we did the episode on Phil Spector. So that mm -hmm. obviously, you know, she was married to him for a long time and, uh, you know, so we, we did cover my, my favorite thing that I learned. Oh, I think I, is it, is it your favorite Christmas present of all time? Yes. This is yeah. amazing. Go ahead. So, uh, one year, uh, wait, do you remember how many it was chip? Was it like one or two? Was it just, it was, one, it was two? two because it was, yeah, they were, yeah. Two. So one year for Christmas, Phil Spector, the, the great, the, the genius, uh, record producer, and leave it at that. Who gave us the wall of sound and uh, did so many great things in his life. Um, one year for Christmas, he brings home uh, Brian. You're married, or you're you're you you live you live with a woman. You live you're basically married. Tell tell me how uh, tell me how your girlfriend would react to this. Yeah. So it's Christmas. You got presents under the tree and uh, Phil says to her, he's like, hey, wait, wait till you see what I got you for Christmas this year. And I don't even know how he unveils it. Right. Like they're probably not wrapped up under the tree. Like sometimes it had you, to be a big box with holes in it. Had to be a big box with holes in it. Uh, sometimes you get like. You might get a dog without consulting your wife or everyone yeah. says about like the car commercials, like, oh, you just made a major financial investment without Phil Spector brings his wife, Ronnie, home for Christmas one year, uh, two adopted babies. Twins, I believe. Human babies. Human, Human babies. babies. And I, th I believe they were twins, infants. And, and there wasn't like a conversation beforehand. Like, oh, like, what do you want for Christmas? I was thinking of like two humans. It was. <laughs> that I'll have to care for. In this home, which I am basically imprisoned <laughs> which in I'm not already. allowed to leave. I'm not allowed to leave the premises. And by the way, here are two human beings to raise. Merry Christmas. And uh, she wound up raising them, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, as far, as far as I understand. Yeah, well, I mean, I would have been like, look, if you obviously could afford the babies, you could afford the two nannies that are going to go along with these babies because uh, I'm not ending my career because you have this thing like uh, I want to have some kids running around. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. See, see, Michael Jackson totally believed that. Yeah. <laughs> Phil Spector, though. Yeah. Phil Spector. I mean, to be honest with you, you got to give Ronnie Spector uh, congratulations that A, she was able to get out of that marriage without being shot. Yes. Uh, and, and B, uh, that she lasted so long uh, mm -hmm. in general. So a phenomenal artist in her own right. Um, I mean, she established herself and then he came in on the scene to produce more records for her. So it wasn't like I discovered her and I she and her group was already a thing. Um, yeah, but he he helped. I mean, he helped define her sound. He uh, I mean, be my baby has got to be. Absolutely. Absolutely yep. perfect. Like and and then after like the Ronettes dissipated and she kind of went away for a couple of years, she came back with um Eddie Muff, Eddie Money. Eddie Money. Take me home tonight. Take me home tonight. Yeah. 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 You know, just like Ronnie said. Just just like Ronnie said. 
Mm-hmm. Just like Ronnie said, my husband got me two babies for Christmas. I think that would have been the song. I think that would have uh, been it. By the way, my favorite song of her is the best part of breaking up is leaving the twins behind. That That's my, one of my favorite songs that she did. <laughs> and then Folgers took it as their theme song for their. <gasps> what if like, but also how do you top that? Like, what do you think she gave him? Like, oh, here's two babies. Merry Christmas. And she's like, fuck, I should have done better than a gift card. The chilies. I can tell you, I know it wasn't a comb. <laughs> here's the rest of my band. Have have your way with them. Yes, please. How did how did they get in through the barbed wire, Ronnie? Mm. Um, I'm and then s- ten, was it uh, eight day, a week later? Meatloaf. Then Meatloaf. Mm-hmm. Meatloaf was sad because he just seemed like uh, he didn't seem like one of those angry anti-vaxxers. He just seemed like he didn't quite buy it and he just loved people so much that he couldn't yeah. stand uh, being being forced apart from them. I got to uh, I got to meet him a few times. Yeah. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah. Uh, before he got ill. And then after he got ill, I think he had a stroke at one time. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, such a nice guy. I mean, he would go to the Comic Cons to sign, you know, uh, stuff for Rocky Horror, of course. And of course, his Bat Out of Hell albums and, and everything else. Uh, genuinely nice guy. Uh, when I saw that he wasn't a uh, on board with the uh, medical science kind of vaccination train, um, and I was like, oh, wow, okay. You should. You're you're not in great of health, um, but you know people do. That's why we have free will. It's America, America. That's he, that's the one. It's it's never. I mean, sometimes it is, but it's like somebody who isn't of good health. You'd be like, yeah. How about you? How about you cut, wrap me up in plastic for a little while? Help help me out as much as you can. But uh, apparently not. Yeah. Yeah, it is crazy to think that like, oh, I'm not gonna put, I'm not putting that vaccine in my body. Mm-hmm. But it's like you you're 350 pounds like you're not that choosy. Yeah. He I mean, apparently a, at that point when he died, you needed three vaccines and he had all but one of them. And, you know, two out of three ain't bad <laughs> <laughs> because that is my favorite meatloaf song. I do you, love you that took song. the words right out of my mouth. Ah, oh. there. See, there it is. There it is. I uh, I two out of three ain't bad is. I can I can listen to that on repeat and I, I I love it so much, dude. He had some some bangers in his collection and it was so kind good, of so good, almost like um Queen esque in that some stuff was like heavy and then it was like theatrical and almost opera and symphony like like some of those eight ten twelve minute songs like mm-hmm. had so many different layers to him like he really did have some really intricate pieces. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that was the thing about big band, big rock bands, especially in the 70s, uh, coming out with these thematic albums, you know, uh, you know, groups like um, not only just Meatloaf, but groups like Yes or, um, well, you know, uh, even uh, Rush and Pink Floyd. They all had an, an like all the songs had a, a common theme to, to what they were doing. So um, the seven, eight minute I always called it the DJ. I need to take a shit track yeah. where you know, <laughs> the radio goes on like, all right, I got to go take a shit. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, or like go smoke a joint or right. yeah. In a Gata de Vida, you know, all these huge long Shine on you crazy diamond all nineteen yeah. minutes. Yeah. Epic. Epic songs. Um I always felt like, remember when we did that episode on him, Chip, and we found out, so his real name is Marvin. Mm-hmm. And right at the time, he was like this this little fat kid growing up in Texas. And Levi Jeans had a commercial about a little fat kid named Marvin who couldn't fit into his pants. Do you remember? I vaguely remember and that. And they yeah. like the the I mean cuz commercials in the 70s you could still I guess bully people and the commercials sure. were like oh poor little fat Marvin yeah. can't fit into his Levi's. Yeah. And then uh he was like a little fat kid named Marvin going to school when that commercial was big and uh that's all, that's, yeah, that's a rough the, way. Yeah, kids. you have to you have to become a a, a rock star after that. There, there's or no a comic or a stand up comedian. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so after, after meatloaf, I'm going to skip around here just to some of the bigger ones. Were any of you, uh, Gary Brooker from Procol Harum? I mean, Whiter Shade of Pale, banger of a song. And he was there, I believe their keyboard player and lead singer. So, I mean, he, he's a big part of that. He, he tripped the light Fandango one too many times, unfortunately, but (laughs) can you name another song by Procol Harum? I actually bought that CD because I wanted that song. And I remember the next song on the track and it had something about like jumping around in your underwear. Like it was supposed to be funny. And I, I, I can't remember what it was. Either of you guys can, you, do, you, do you guys know any other Procol Harum? I tunes? the only song. Couldn't tell you one to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, it's funny when you're like a music guy, like all of us are, and you just have all this knowledge on you at all times. And you can pull all these random facts out and you're like, name one other song by them. You're like, can't do it. Can't, no, <laughs> you know no. what I mean? Like, eh, sorry. <laughs> a friend of mine always jokes like, oh, I love this band. They're playing a medley of all their hits. Which is <laughs> <laughs> it's a medley of all their hit. Yeah, this is uh, like I- I'm looking at. Oh, I just pulled up on uh, iTunes, like Apple Music. Wait, uh, it. Procol Harum and like their top songs. They always list their top songs. Their top five top songs are just a whiter shade of pale different <laughs> just from, different, from like, various like, versions on the greatest yeah. hits and then the compilation and then the yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um that's so funny. All right, let me jump ahead. So then in February we lost uh Mark Lanigan. That was that was, that a, was a big one. That was a bummer. I've seen Queens of the Stone Age twice. And um, that whole early 2000s era with them, the songs for the deaf era, I was a huge, huge fan of. And I got to see them twice around that time. And um, supposedly Mark Lanigan and Kurt Cobain recorded an album of Lead Belly songs that was never released. Just Lead Belly covers. Uh, Never saw the light of day. That's uh, I never heard that, but I could see that. I mean, that Mm -hmm. certainly felt like. It was the direction Kurt Cobain was moving towards, right? Like, after yeah. Well, on Nevermind, they uh, never mind. On Unplugged, they closed with a Lead Belly song. Right. Where did you sleep last night? Yeah. Did you did you see when you saw Queens? Did Mark Lanigan come out with them? 
I can't remember because I was way in the back and this was in Camden, but he did. I think he was with them from 2000 to like 04 or 05. And I've seen them twice within that time frame. So um, I would assume he was with them because I saw them. Well, he wasn't like he just sang a couple songs on like a couple albums. Um, did he tour with them? He did. But when I saw them, it was when Dave Grohl was touring with them. For that oh, song. Oh, yeah, that was deaf. right when Songs for the Deaf came out. And I saw them at a tiny little club at Bowery Ballroom in New York City. And uh, I've told this, you could not take your eyes off Dave Grohl drumming. Yeah. Uh, you were just, I have just never seen somebody hit the drums that hard in my life. But they did bring Mark Lanigan out. So, like, he wasn't on stage the whole night. He would just come out, sing a song, go backstage, and then they trot him back out. And maybe he sang two or three songs. Uh, was he was he messed up at all? Um, I that I don't remember. I just, I just remember it being you know like this epic concert. You're seeing one of your favorite bands in a basically in a bar that holds maybe five or six hundred people. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I just remember watching Dave Grohl thinking like, oh, that's the closest I'm ever going to come to seeing uh, like a Keith Moon, mm-hmm. like somebody just hitting the drums that hard. Especially in a venue that size, too. That's the coolest part of seeing somebody like that yes. in a room that intimate. Yes. Um And then, all right, Taylor Hawkins was next, but we've we've. uh I think we covered Taylor pretty extensively. But but you haven't covered the link that both of those deaths have. What's the drummer? Where were was he when both those people died? (laughs) It's curious. (laughs) So interesting. There. There is a theory that we covered in uh, yeah. Taylor Hawkins' episode that Dave Grohl uh, is what was it that he's a Satanist. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- that one video had so much crazy shit in it. Like the day after he died, there was like a Taylor Hawkins was an anti-vaxxer video. Like remember that? There was like so much goofy shit tied to that. No, but I found, remember I found that video of the guy saying that um, Dave Grohl is part of a satanic cult. And that that every every few years, he's got to sacrifice a bandmate, a bandmate in order to stay famous and relevant. So they're saying that he actually had something to do with killing Kurt Cobain. And then they claimed that uh, he had Taylor Hawkins killed in order to stay famous, I guess. But uh, the Jennifer body, the Jennifer's body kind of uh, storyline. Yeah. Where that band kills her to be famous like Maroon 5. <laughs> <laughs> um, then after Taylor Hawkins, uh, do you guys know the name Chris Bailey? He was he was the front man for an Australian group called the Saints. This is I'm only bringing this up because I happen to know this one album. Um, they were uh, there's an album called I'm Stranded uh, from 1976 by this Australian band called the Saints. 
And uh, I tracked it down somewhere years ago because I read that they were like, um, they were sort of like Australia's prototype punk band. Like they, I think they came on the scene right around when the Ramones did. And they were like sort of doing what CBGB's was doing in New York, but they were kind of doing it by themselves in Australia. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm only mentioning him because, um, it is if if you're if you're a punk fan if you're like into the Ramones and the Clash, you you might you might dig this album. Uh, I'm and stranded. what was the name of that song? Uh, the album is called "I'm Stranded." Okay. By by the Saints. Okay. I it's been so long since I've heard it. I don't I don't I couldn't even tell you the name of any of the songs. Which is weird because about a decade later, I think Elton John did like the follow up to that the song "I'm Still Stranded." <laughs> It's a great video. Yeah. Uh, white top hat dancing on the beach. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 I'm still <laughs> stranded. Mm-hmm. Better than I ever been. I did. Hey, that's and what I your mom would survive. be singing if you didn't get that CB radio. <laughs> Come back. Um. All right. Uh, there's just so many names on here that I've never heard. I I mean, can we talk about Vangelis for a second? Yes. I mean, Chariots of Fire, the theme, he did Blade Runner. I'm saying his name correctly. Is that, is that right? Am I saying Vangelis correctly? I feel bad that I, I don't know. I don't know. TV Evangelis? No, Vangelis. Yeah. That's, that's Vangelis. Vangelis. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I just want to give a shout out to, you know, anybody who's ever like run in slow motion and like made that joke and done that. Like you have to give him credit for that. That song went to uh, I I want to say that song went to number one. I, I think so, which is pretty. You know, I mean, that's pretty great for, a, you know, an instrumental, basically classical type score. Of, yeah. Like, a, yes. Yeah. I mean, I can't think of any instrumentals that are on the radio, period. No, not since like, um, not since like surf rock was a thing, mm-hmm. which was. Well, uh, there was a lot of instrumental, especially in the 70s. Um, like Gary Glitter almost is sort of the rock that, and roll part that, two, is so, sort of. That, that trumpet player who. Uh, oh, uh, uh, Chuck Manjone. Chuck Manjone. Yeah. yeah, feels so good. Hmm. That's okay. a great song, by the way. Oh, that Herbie a- Hancock. Oh, Rocket. Rocket. Uh, yeah. I stand corrected. Um, That's what we do. That's what we do. <laughs> Klaus Schulz from Tangerine Dream, another another band that was um, kind of that new agey, but was really cool that they he they they would get pulled into doing soundtracks for films and television mm-hmm. shows as well. I think we talked about them on one of our episodes. We did. Like, I just they love did the like fact, a lot of soundtracks. I think I yeah. love the fact that they described that Klaus Schulz was in, in at the beginning of the kraut rock movement. Yeah. Oh yeah, kraut that rock was like time. little uh, Kraftwerk. Kraftwerk. Little, uh, That's all I know though. It's like you say kraut rock, and I'm like, oh, that was Kraftwerk. It's the only thing I would associate it with as well. Right. Where did uh, SNL did those skits with uh, Mike Myers? Oh, Dieter. Dieter. Sprocket. Dieter. Sprockets. Sprockets. Mm-hmm. Sprockets. So. 
It's um, funny that they call it Kraut Rock. That's just so funny. But it's also funny that you can like you can only name one band that's associated with an entire genre. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm looking through here. Well, uh, how about Rick Parnell? He was the drummer from Spinal Tap. Speaking of speaking of drummer mysteries, uh, you know, mysterious deaths. One of one of many, many drummers of Spinal Tap. Yeah, which didn't they? uh... I think he spontaneously combusted. (laughs) (laughs) Rick Parnell uh, played the drums in a blues rocker of Atomic Roster he was perhaps best known for his role as the drummer Mick Shrimpton in the iconic mockumentary this is Spinal Tap Harry Shearer aka Spinal Tap's Derek Smalls broke the news on Twitter writing Rick Parnell our drummer in this is Spinal Tap passed away today no one ever rocked harder there you go. You know, I think they're making a sequel. Are they really? I, oh, I can see that. So. I mean, Jesus, look at the fucking stones. Mm-hmm. I have a Christmas playlist and uh, Christmas with the devil has been on it since I was like 10 years old. So I hear that a handful of times each Christmas season. And that one fucking never. It's so funny. It's so well done. The elves are dressed in le- leather and the angels are in chains. Like what a great opening <laughs> line. <laughs> That's hilarious. I never I never got into Spinal Tap other than the movie. Like the movie was hilarious, mm-hmm. but I was never like, oh, I should listen to their music. It's worth checking out. Yeah. Um Ronnie Hawkins. You guys know that name? Taylor's dad. <laughs> Mr. Hawkins. Ronnie. Please call please call me Ronnie. Uh, Mr. Hawkins is my father's name. Um Ronnie, Ronnie Hawkins, if you ever saw um, The Last Waltz by the band, mm-hmm. which a lot of people yeah. consider the greatest rock doc of all time, uh, he, he features pretty prominently in it. He, he's, the, he's the guy, he was this American that went up to Canada and um, he became like pretty instrumental in their scene in the 50s and 60s. And then he uh, sort of hires who became uh, the musicians that became the band, you know, like Robbie Robertson and Levon, Levon Helms. And uh, um, he, so they, they were backing him up in, in, in uh, the Canadian rock scene. And um, his shows apparently were like legendary and, uh, they 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 bring him back out. They bring him back out for a couple songs on the last waltz. I see here that mm-hmm. he uh, it says he had a flair for showmanship and his live shows included backflips and the camel walk, which would influence Michael Jackson's moonwalk. So that alone is big news. I'll have to that, YouTube you, that. I want to see this. Yeah. Do you yeah. think that could be possible? What's that? That be my, how, how's Michael my, Jackson is watching, yeah, like old band footage. <laughs> I mean, this dude was like playing bars and, and clubs in Canada. Yeah. 
And then uh, uh, on the one day alone, two of uh, two people died of two bands that I actually loved listening to. Uh, Andy Fletcher from Depeche Mode, yeah, keyboardist um, and writer, songwriter. Um, he died from an aortic dis- uh, dissection, Dis- the main tear of the main artery. And then Alan White uh, from Yes. Uh, the original uh, replaced the original drummer of Bill Bruford. Uh, Alan went on to become the outfit's longest serving member, and he uh, passed away at 72 after a short illness. And um, we were talking about long eight minute songs. I mean, um, Roundabout is one of those songs that once yep. you start hearing it, it's like, oh, I got time to do a whole bunch of things, and this song will still be on. Um, another band that took thematic kind of themes with their songs and their albums. And then Depeche Mode um, was one of the forefront uh, of bands of coming in for the second new wave of the British invasion. Um, I was an early fan uh, very early on. And uh, I find so many Depeche Mode, like I'm, I've always enjoyed Depeche Mode. I've never gotten really into them, but I've always enjoyed the music. And I'm still, to this day, I'm still astounded what I'll hear like a great song from the eighties that I haven't heard in forever. I'm like, this is such a great song. And then I find it's, it's Depeche Mode again. Like, I feel like they had so many different sort of flavors to what they did and different sounds like through the years where you have, of course you had enjoy the silence, which was real big when I, you know, that was a huge radio hit for me, but you go back and there's just so many other songs that they had that i I forget are even them. Like they have such a deep, deep roster. Yeah. Every, every member of the band uh, had a hand in writing the songs. So it was always, it was always a great collaboration. Now, um, Alan White was considered like a monster drummer. He like, was, I, I, I actually have an Alan White story. I met him one time. Um, I was, I was featuring for Ben Bailey from cash cab at, uh, Parlor Live in Bellevue, Washington. Oh, God. Parlor Live in Bellevue. Uh-huh. Washington. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah, it was something. Uh, and um, so, so Alan can, White- I just, can I just have a flashback for a second, please? Yeah. Let me just get through this, control my breathing. Okay, go ahead. So I'm not the biggest Yes fan. My dad was more in the Yes, but I was familiar with Alan White. So Ben Bailey is like, we're in the green room. It's me, Ben, Alan White, and his wife. And, um, Ben's like, do you know who that is? I go, no, he's Alan White from Yes. I'm like, oh, cool. So I like Wikipedia him real quick. And I'm a huge Beatles fan, including the solo work. And Alan White was the drummer on Imagine and George Harrison's All Things Must Pass. Oh, wow. And I'm like, oh, that's fucking cool. And him and his wife are super in the stand up. We're talking all sorts of stuff. And they're asking me dumb questions about my career. And I'm like, can I ask you about working with the Beatles? <laughs> but he was super nice, man. Him and his wife really love stand up. And they uh, they hung out for a while. We talked to them for a while. And it was just like he was just like anybody's aloof grandpa. Like you look at this guy and you're like, this wasn't the drummer from Yes or the guy who plays behind John on Imagine. He was just an old aloof guy. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I got to dig up that picture. That's great. I, I, uh, the drums and owner of a lonely heart mm-hmm. alone yep. are, are, I, I mean, that song still, and I, I'm not, I'm not a huge yes fan. I mean, I'm probably embarrassing myself by saying that's my favorite song of theirs, but, um, fuck the drums in that are so good. I'm going to listen to that as soon as we're, we're done here. 
there's a break in owner of a lonely heart too. It's like three quarters of the way through where it's just that like pristine guitar that comes in. And it's like, I, it's like the most, I think it tweeted about like a joke about one time. It's like the most pristine moment in rock and roll history. It's just, it's such a, uh, a well-produced song. Um, Alec John Such, the original bass player from Bon Jovi, was a founding member, appeared on the band's first five albums. Um, They parted company in 1994. I've never heard of this guy in my life. Were were you? I don't either. Other than like Bon Jovi and Sambora, I feel like everybody else is like a distant third. No, but I feel like I always knew uh, Tico Torres, David Bryan. David Bryan. You know, who who we've had on the show. Friend of the show. Um, nice. Yeah. But I don't think at any point in my life, if you put a gun to my head and said, who plays bass in Bon Jovi, would I have survived? <laughs> um, Refresh. Yeah, I know. Uh, by the way, I, I do these. I do want to mention this is a little bit out of order, but I, I think we should say uh, Naomi Judd passed away. And I, I do you guys remember? Do you guys remember what group she was in? Um, yes. <laughs> Did it was a, it was like a it was a, a country group. Naomi Judd. She was in. Um, I think they had. I think they were all related. Th- yeah, there was like a family. They. I, I, people at home I are screaming. At the, they're screaming right now because they know the name of this band that Naomi Judd was in. I, she was was with. Yeah, oh, the uh, wait, no, the Osmonds. Yes, the Osmond family. The Osmonds. Yep. Okay. Did right. you ever see? There's um my favorite show of all time was uh, the Larry Sanders show, mm-hmm. and um Hank. Who who's played by Jeffrey Tambor, and he was yeah. just like he just played him as the most clueless, like self obsessed Hollywood asshole ever. But they they had a great there's a great argument that that uh, they have when um, Hank Hank wants a contract extension, and he he's he's uh, he's trying to get a, a big promotion he's he's going for a big payday and um larry sanders uh played by gary shandling and 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 rip torn who played arthur the producer are like reminding him of all the dumb shit he's ever done Mm -hmm. and they talk about how they had naomi judd on the show and he introduced her as the judd (laughs) (laughs) and they were like why would you do that and he was getting so mad he was like because there's only one of her it's singular she's a judd he just he introduced her as the judd Uh, chip chip totally uh my mistake no no it was the dixie chicks yeah i'm sorry yeah dixie chicks yeah we're just the chicks now because she passed away she they Drop the Dixie part. Lose a member, lose a Thank word. You. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, by, by the way, uh, uh, Jerry Allison passed away. Uh, he was the drummer for, for Buddy Holly and the Crickets. Mm-hmm. He died uh, this year at age 82 of a much slower plane crash. Which I thought <laughs> was very interesting. <laughs> so rest in peace. Um, 
That's got to be weird, right? Because how, like, this guy's part of Buddy Holly and the Crickets. And uh, what was Buddy Holly, like 20 or like 19 or 20 when that plane goes down? Mm -hmm. But this dude's probably like, oh, I got my career all locked up. I'm just going to play for this dude the rest of my life. Yep. Just everything on crashing down. (laughs) (laughs) He's I mean, I bet you I would assume he is the guy on every day, the song every day that just claps his hands. Right. Yeah. There's no there's no real, real percussion in that one. I mean, I mean, man, there's more xylophone in that than percussion. Yeah, there is. (laughs) Yeah, there is. Um, Loretta Lynn. Mm hmm. Call my daughter. That was definitely a big one. That was a big one. Did you like, did any of you actually like any of her music? Well, my parents would listen to Loretta Lynn. So, you know, when you only had four television stations uh, and Hee Haw was a top rating show, Mm -hmm. uh, it seems like she was on there like incessantly. Uh, So between that and the uh, Lawrence Welk hour, um, you got to see, (laughs) see and hear a lot of things you normally wouldn't have tuned into. Yeah. Um, she had, she had that one really good album that, uh, Jack White produced, mm. uh, Von Lear Rose. He, 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 he sings on it with her. Um, they do a song called, uh, Portland, Oregon. That is a fucking great, like rocking country song. That's the only album of hers I ever really, uh, heard. Out of the 60 albums she made yeah yeah so it was a huge number she passed away at the age of 90 so that's not bad you're batting you know 60 albums over 90 years that's a good batting average (laughs) jeez she and she uh she only stopped touring like a few years ago right um oh i think we would be remiss if we did not say that uh, q lazarus passed away this year who, of course, famous for singing the song Goodbye Horses from uh, Silence of the Lambs, you know, is on there. And which is actually also the backing song for my video Christmas card that I sent out. And I'm putting the link to it right now. If you guys want to take it, take a look. No, that's not. I, I didn't <laughs> didn't do that. That'd be inappropriate. Um, D.H. Peligro. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Um, the drummer for the Dead Kennedys. Mm hmm. That was pretty. Recent. That's ironic. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't know this. He played. He played uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers for like I think like a very short time. He played on their Mother's Milk album. Oh. No kidding. Before Will Ferrell took over. <laughs> yes. That was he died like he fell and hit his head. Yeah. That's a rough way to go. Mm-hmm. Is that ironic though? He dies, hits his head. He's in a band called Dead Kennedy. <laughs> Kennedy gets shot, shot in, the in the head. Oh, the irony. Yes. You think maybe this, it was just like an homage. Yeah. You think the CIA was involved? Sure. No, I, it's, oh, come on, guys. It's obvious the ghost of Kennedy came and pushed him. Yep. Yeah. Either that or Ted Cruz's dad. One of the two. We have it narrowed down. True. True, true. It depends. Was he in Cancun? <laughs> it is cold. 
Uh, um, here's a weird one, by the way, and I I didn't get a lot of it. It just happened November 27th. Jake Flint passed away, who is a country music star, died at the age of 37. I I, I don't know his music, don't know anything about it, but he died at the age of 37, just um, less than a month ago. Uh, no cause of death was revealed, but he died in his sleep the night of his uh, the night after he got married. So that's if that's not like a a movie of the week coming up soon. I don't know what is because something that's like, something a, that's a, like a country song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, my husband died on our wedding night. Yeah. Talk Lucky about uh, cold feet. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a little, it's a little late though there with the cold feet. Yeah. Already been yeah, he, he went he went through it, did the hard part. He went through it and then got cold feet. No. Fuck no, this, no. I'm out. Yep. It's been no, a no. day and I want out. <laughs> no, no. This is insurance policy fraud right there, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Kill the husband hours into being your husband. Yeah. Collect the fat check. It's it's gonna be the next knives out. That's what it's gonna be. Next year's knives out. Oh God, that'd be so funny. Um, all right, we're, we're, we're running out of time. Let's get to some of the bigger ones that we, let's talk about Christine McVie. Right. Yeah. Um, that I feel like after, I feel like if Taylor Hawkins hadn't died, she would have been the number one spot for this year. Right. Sure. Probably. I would say so. At least for, I mean, in in my book. Yeah, either that or Loretta Lynn would have been mm-hmm. for the pop culture type of things. But yeah. yeah. Um, oh, and we also we also have to before we do that too, uh, Olivia Newton-John, who is I, I, oh, right, I yeah. think we consider more of an actress, too. So sort of says that, but obviously a music person. But yeah, I, I, Irene Cara is yeah. also known for more of the film than mm-hmm. actually her music career. Yep. Um. So Christine McVie was part of uh, Fleetwood Mac during uh, she's been there. She she was there from she's been there through pretty much all of their incarnations. She, uh, but she was a bit of a later addition, I think. But she was there for all this. Most of the success, I believe she it's it says that she joined them on their fourth album. Yeah. Well, they were already four albums. I feel like that was still um, maybe it was just the tail end of the Peter Green. Peter Green. Yeah. Which, if you don't know uh, Peter Green, Fleetwood Mac, there are not many better blues bands. And that dude was, uh, I think he also died pretty, like, he maybe he died last year, but. Um, that dude was an absolute guitar hero who somehow just like history just kind of forgot about him. I'll have to go back and listen. I, I, that, that's a name that I know, but not, nothing that I've like delved into. Um, so I think when she joined may have been the, the tail end of, of his, uh, of his time there. But, um, then there was like there was a weird period in between uh, Peter Green and then the like the classic lineup that everyone knows with Stevie Nicks and Lindsey Buckingham, where it was like they had a couple dudes that I've never heard of in my life sort of took over for Peter Green. Um, I've never heard any songs off any of those albums, but then um, 
So she became a full-time member in 1970. And then it was probably like when, when Stevie Nicks and Lindsay, it's probably like five or six years later that they joined. Mm -hmm. Sounds about right. Um, man, she had a, I guess she kind of like got lost in the shuffle there. Like when, when you think of them, but I, I was just looking at the songs that she'd written. Songbird. Yeah. Yeah. She, she was a, she was a monster songwriter. Um, Terry Hall from the specials. That was just the other day, wasn't it? That was yeah. just, that yeah, was that just was, this that week. That was just uh, on the 18th. That one, that one bummed me out. I saw the specials, but was too young and didn't really know anything by them at the time. Chip, I think you may have been there. There was the 98 festival on the side stage. The side stage, the, the 1998 Y100 festival. To this day, uh, yes. the best concert lineup I've ever experienced. It was, was it lineup? was great. That was this. And then the side stage was great, too, is the special. It was uh, the the uh, uh, kind of punk band. Uh, Sam, I am was on yep. there. They're great. And then wh who was the fuel was, fuel, fuel oh, when fuel, when shimmer fuel. was they just had shimmer. That was big. Yeah. And that was God lives underwater. If we, yep. we get the corner then, shop. Yeah, yeah. Corner shop. Yeah. But and then the big bands that day where it was. Cherry Pop and Daddies closed it out. I mean, they come did. on, they, Cherry Pop and Daddies. They went on after, after Green Day. Green, Green Day was probably the main, main attraction. Yeah. Uh, ben Folds 5, I believe. Everclear, Ever Mighty Clear. Mighty Ballstones. Yep. Yeah. Jeffrey Gaines. Je we're, Dude, we're he, he, he lives around the corner from me. Jeffrey does Gaines. He really? Why do he I does. remember that name? Yes, he does. He was a, uh, he's a, like a singer songwriter, but he, he got popular in the 90s. I, I'm sure other stuff too, but he did a yeah, live acoustic version of In Your Eyes by yes. Peter Gabriel. And it's great. It's it is. Great. It's great. Yeah. yeah. But that was like a local claim to fame. And um, he never really made it out of like, he's done cool shit around the world, but his fame has never really made it out of the Philadelphia area. Out of Philadelphia. He's a one man Huffamoose, if you will. Mm -hmm. One of my other favorite bands. Um, Brian, were you a, were you a fan of the specials? Yes, I'm a big, I'm a, I, I like ska every once in a while. Uh, I'll throw on ska around the house. There's a, uh, Amazon has a great ska channel and the specials are always great to hear. That's a band I'm, I'm bummed out. I never got to see. They didn't have many radio hits, did they? No, no, uh, they didn't have. Just it's, it's you. And that thought, wasn't that like. That's the only one I could think of that was on the radio. Um, but every time I hear them, I'm just in a good mood. Yes. Yeah. I remember I remember my brother playing me that album one. It was like after I, you know, it was like you kind of work backwards after you discover the clash and the Ramones and the Sex Pistols. Mm -hmm. Um But I remember the first time I heard the specials, it was uh you're just like, fuck this. This is like feel good music. Yeah. Um, their, their, uh, their self-titled album was, was the one that I knew inside out. Mm -hmm. Amy Winehouse covered a bunch of their songs. Oh, really? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. She does uh monkey man. She does. You're wondering now. Um, I 
think I heard her do a message to you, Rudy. Hmm. That's something I would definitely check out. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's worth checking out. Um I think that that brings us to I mean we skipped over a bunch of people we'd never heard of, but I think that brings us to uh I think that's it. Uh, I, I guess we should mention. Uh, do, do we mention uh, JLL Jerry Lee Lewis? Oh no, we did not. Who, who we we also did an episode on, which is the craziest story. Was it that Rolling Stone article? I think it was Rolling Stone, wasn't it, Ken? Yes. Yeah. Go back and listen to that episode. He, uh, amazing piano player, just uh, transcended, uh, and also murdered a number of his wives. For, just, yeah, for wasn't one his cousin. No. Yes. Thir- thir- 13 year old. Well, no, yeah, he, but that he, her, he didn't he murder married. her. Oh, okay. no. He, he married her. He, he almost. Sick. He almost certainly got away with killing one of his wives and yeah. possibly two. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy story. Yeah. Go back to that episode. Yeah. Do you think that's why you think he wasn't on this list? <laughs> no, I don't. Um, Maybe he uh, did. He, wait, did did I get the date wrong? Did he not die this year? No, he no, de- he did. He, he definitely did. died. Okay. He died yeah. almost certainly died this recently. Year. He he he. They announced he was dead, and then they upgraded him to alive. They were like, "Oh no, wait, he's not dead." And then two days later, Tom Petty syndrome. Yeah, that was that. Yeah, remember the Tom Petty died the same day as the Vegas nightclub shooting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Same day. But there was also the thing like Rolling Stone first reported that he had died, but he didn't. And then his daughter started tweeting at them and they had this back and forth. I think they reported that he died twice and then he still had he was still alive. Yeah. Yeah. And then they were like very and then they were like, okay, like now he's dead for real. Yeah. Then they they made it official. I remember thinking like that day was so awful that it like it killed Tom Petty twice. It's like that uh, Monty Python sketch. Uh, I'm not dead yet. <laughs> I'm getting better. <laughs> I'm getting better. There was some, somebody else that, that that just happened to. I forget who it was. It was it was uh, but, Jerry Lee Lewis. Well, oh, that, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah I, was it? Yeah, I guess I'm thinking of Jerry. Yeah, I guess it was. Yeah, the, 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 I love when that happens. It's always. But he didn't die for time. like another uh, day. Yeah. I, I will say that when we started doing that episode, I, I went back and started listening to Jerry Lee Lewis. Mm-hmm. And that music still sounds so fucking good. It's a, it's great. Yeah. Uh, so I think, Ken, I think that wraps up our first uh, half of the episode. We're going to take a quick <laughs> break and then come back. And we're all going to sit down and watch live the 1974 Ringo Starr film, Son of Dracula. So uh, if you guys are ready... Uh, I have it queued up here. Oh, I, I got the email that we were going to do uh, children who were born to rockers this year. Is that, <laughs> is that the wrong email? <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. That's, so that's good. The that's the New Year's Day episode. I'm sorry. New Year, yeah. So be back here next week, Brian, and we'll, we'll be, uh, yeah. The baby New Year rocker edition. Spe- uh, rock, rocktacular. Yeah. Um. Well, listen. Brian, Pat, thank you so much. Thank you. Always fun, man. Always a lot of fun. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Death you. isn't fun, out. Pat. This would be an episode my mother would absolutely love because there's one thing that my Irish mother loves doing when I call her is almost one of the first in the first paragraphs of talking to her is like, oh, did you hear who died? 
So <laughs> this will have her at such a high level, like, oh, yeah, I remember when she, all her, the soul of Rettelin, oh, God, she stood, <laughs> she stood by her man. Oh, it was lovely. I remember. And Dolly Parton, too. She's still alive, though. You know, she donated a million dollars for the vaccine. <laughs> My mom loves any new death stories she's all over it so i think thank people, you for for allowing me to be a part of this uh massive edition of obituaries <laughs> <laughs> yeah thank You're you welcome. for including me in the uh end of the year yeah list um, yeah, well, thank, thank you. Thank you guys for doing it. It was uh, it was a uh, you've you've turned my frown upside down, just like Kitty City used to say. And uh, I appreciate that. I'm still in mourning, but um, I have a ray of hope now. And I appreciate you guys doing Who, that. Who's who's the one that hit you the hardest this year? I feel like it's probably Taylor Hawkins for I don't I can't I know I know Pat. Yeah, hands down. Um, Brian did. Taylor. It's definitely Taylor, hands down. I was shocked, absolutely shocked when it happened and super sad. And and then eventually finding out the reasoning behind it. And just then when they played those concerts and they brought Taylor's son up to play the drums at those concerts, and it was all over the, the interwebs and you just couldn't get a, a lump in your throat going like... <laughs> Mm-hmm. He's not as good as his dad. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, someone had to say it. <laughs> we're telling the truth here. <clears throat> Those concerts were, um, I remember watching like Live Aid. I remember watching the Freddie Mercury tribute concert. But I think that had both those events beat. Mm-hmm. Even Even Live Aid, which was, you know. In two countries simultaneously, I, I just think the lineup for for uh, at least the one that I saw. I don't know. Are, are they ever releasing the L.A. one? I don't know. Um, they haven't said anything as far as I know, but isn't uh, London somewhere, right? Is it on some platform or maybe it's, it's, on, on, it's on Peacock? You could watch the whole okay. thing. But um, I, just curious, they did raise enough money to feed the family, though, right? <laughs> yes, I believe they yeah. did. Wasn't, yeah, wasn't this what the whole the whole thing was about? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. M- Mrs. Hawkins and her son are going to be fine. But uh, do they know it's Christmas time at all? Uh, you know, I'm just curious. <laughs> There'll be no snow in Seattle this year. <laughs> all right. Well, thank God it's there instead of you. Is all I got. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Enough. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Uh, and then also, as long as Brian's bringing it up, if you haven't heard it yet, go back one episode and listen to our telling uh, the history of Band-Aid and do they know mm-hmm. it's Christmas. That's right. The storied history. The uh, controversial history. Uh, all right, everybody. Happy New thank Year. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Go. Uh, yeah, thank you guys so much. Clerks 3 is available on demand. Mm-hmm. So um there it is. Check it out. Brian, I'm not I'm I'm not going to lie. I wanted to be able to tell you that I've seen it and I loved it, but I am watching it this week and I can't wait to see it. 
Right on. Uh, me, me too. It's on my, my list. My, my downtime week. That is, uh, uh, it's that and the new knives out are the two big ones. Yeah, that I totally get all the lies you can in by the end of I, the year. I, no, I will tell you that I, last night it was between clerks three and knives out. And I was like, I'm going to do knives out tonight. And I will yeah, that's tell more you, of a holiday movie. I will so. tell you that, uh, I wish I had seen clerks three instead. Well, good. You could use my movie as the mental mouthwash and uh, get yourself uh, some some chuckles <laughs> and be like, I know that place. <laughs> All right, everybody. We'll see you next year. All right. You got it. See you. Happy New Year. 